You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. And now our feature presentation. To a precious few it was a paradise, a haven from the hectic pace of the real world. To others it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lothman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff worked to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. But for how long? Last on Quantum Retribution. Oh, Helen, what of my father? Who is he? And why hasn't he been involved in my life? Why, Lothus? Tell me! Tell me everything right now because I'm not leaving here until you do! Tell me! You are out of line, Tala! So... are you, father? Take care, Tala. Do not think that because you are my daughter that I will not treat you as I treat everyone in this complex. Until your correction is over, you will answer to Jessica. She will allow you to use this inhaler anytime it becomes necessary. And don't hesitate to ask for it if you need it. Understood? Yes, sir. Thank you. As a leader, you have one allegiance only. To serve Lothos and to succeed in every mission you're given. Nothing, no thing, no person is to be placed ahead of your duty and total service to Lothos. There's only one rule in this competition. Succeed. Use whatever methods will enable you to achieve your goal in each of the three challenges that Lothos has decided upon for each of you. Only the strongest and smartest, someone with the ability to think on their feet, will become the new Senior Leaper. Only someone who, when dropped into a situation with nothing, can take that nothing and turn it into success, not just once, but every time, is worthy of attaining the rank of Senior Leaper. Yet, for the person striving for the right to step into Dr. Malison's boots, strength and smarts aren't enough. A Senior Leaper is cunning, able to blend so seamlessly into the situation that he or she becomes invisible in plain view. You must be charming, able to lie with such consummate ease as to make the lie more believable, more true than the truth. Willing to sacrifice anything and everything, anyone, to serve Lothos. Can you do that? Take the chain and bring him inside, Siren. Pull the damn chain. Make me come inside. By Lothos's order, you and Mr. Conroy are to spend all your time together, free time as well as working hours, for the next two weeks. I'm to put medicine on your wounds, Mr. Conroy. Please come with me. Speaking... Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 
speaking for myself, not too damned good. Do you expect me to finish this? This is what Loveless has ordered me to do, and I will do it. Very well. I'll close the door. <laughs> Seeing the snotty expression on Siren's face as she attempted to avoid listening to him, he suddenly decided that what she needed was a real wake-up call. Siren barely got a half-gasp out before Trevor lowered his head and kissed her long and hard. Attention! This competition is a timed event, and Lothos is pleased, as am I, with both of your unusually quick and adept completion of the first test. Let me clear up something right now and save you both some wondering. When this competition is finished, and only then, will you be told your scores. So put that out of your heads now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, because now that you've completed the simple part of the competition, you're going to need your total concentration on the next test, which will start in one hour and 57 minutes. You may do what you please during this break, except sleep or speak to anyone. The only exception to the no-speaking rule, and it is just for this break, is if you decide to go for coffee or for something to eat. In those instances only, you may speak to order. Lothus will monitor you closely for any infraction beyond this once-only allowance. Any questions? Very well, you're dismissed. Report back here at precisely 11.15. Understood, Mr. Thames. Understood, sir. Ms. Royden, Mr. Ricard, precision and punctuality are more than good manners. Managing your time wisely, as with total focus, can often be the difference between the success and failure of a leap. Not one second too early, nor a second too late. Too early or too late in returning will get you disqualified. Dismissed. Thames watched the pair turn almost as one to look up the clock above the double doors of the lecture hall, synchronising their watches. The instant they were in the hall, each went in a different direction. Heading for the elevators at the end of the long hall, Vaughan saw Shannon van der Bryce of the night before in the gardens, heading toward him. It was too much to hope for that she hadn't seen him. She had. It was also too much, he knew, to hope she'd understand later. Hey, good looking. Fancy meeting you here this time of the evening. Well, this is a first. Something wrong, Vaughan? I know you're not deaf or dumb, Vaughan, so talk to me. Vaughan, are you mad at me? What if I'd done to deserve the silent treatment? Damn it, Vaughn, say something. Nice talking to you too, Mr. Ricard. 
I hope she doesn't run into Amanda. That would really suck. We've got a date this weekend. The brief trip up to the second level was accomplished in silence. Stepping out on the second level, Vaughn paused, scanning the wide area surrounding the bank of elevators. The entire level was a mall, housing a variety of stores and small shops, several restaurants and even a small movie theatre. Right now, however, the Leaper had just one destination in mind, Java Joe's Cafe, one of his favourite hangouts. Reaching Java Joe's, Vaughn entered the small, always open coffee shop and slid onto one of the stools set before the counter. Good. At least there's nobody here to get their nose out of joint if I don't talk to them. Hey Vaughn, what'll it be? My usual. And keep it coming. Coffee, black. Hi, what can I get you? Coffee, hazelnut. You want me to keep it coming? And do you want anything else? Yes and no. Dr. Edward Grant, the complex's chief physician as well as an experienced TM, had stopped by the special bathing room area of the infirmary a few minutes earlier, and thus was present when Tyler was brought into the infirmary after her correction. It was plain enough to see how she had changed in the last 24 hours. It wasn't as much a physical change as it was that she was much more humble than before. Without making it obvious, he had lingered nearby as she was put into a special medicated bath, as was required after every correction. When Lothos punished or corrected any of his people, it was exacting and usually severe. On the other hand, though, he always saw to it that each person received the best of care afterwards, unless special situations warranted a different reaction. Approaching the tub in which Tala reclined in the strongly medicinal-smelling warm water, he looked down at her through the still water, visually checking her wounds. Seeing that no blood had been drawn by the correction, though her entire body was covered with red welts, he made notes of it in her chart, handed to him by one of the duty nurses. I understand that Lothos had given you 24 hours leave. Too bad you chose to use that time in correction. After you leave the infirmary, you will spend at least 10 hours in your quarters sleeping. If she's singing after that, I can't wait to get her in my cell. The bath is over, Tala. Stand up. Uh, okay. Wrap this towel around yourself. Here, take my hand. Now, step out of the tub. That's right. Don't slip. You're okay. Where am I? Who am I? You'll be okay, Tala. You're in the infirmary. You just went through correction and are in recovery now. Correction? Recovering? Tala? No. No, that's not me. 
but but I don't you. You're JC. Yeah, that's right. Since he had come into existence, Lothos had watched many of his people punished, and knew the effect it had on them mentally and emotionally. On occasion, temporary hysterical amnesia was one of the after-effects. It showed up most often in those who had either never been corrected, or who had not been corrected for a long period of time. After a moment, he spoke to JC through the implants. Mr. Charles, Nurse Robinson will be here in a moment to take charge of Tyler. You are to stay with her until she arrives. Yes, sir. Did she give you any trouble, JC? No trouble, ma'am. Put her in the infirmary in Dr. Malverson's room. Yes, Lothos. Come with me, Tala. You just lie here quietly and rest. I'll come back to check on you in a little while. Sleep, Tala. How is she doing? It's bad enough she had to be punished. She doesn't need you gawking at her. She's resting, Dr. Grant, but I think she may be suffering some temporary hysterical amnesia due to her correction. It happens. I'll keep an eye on her. That's not really necessary, Dr. Grant. She's Dr. Hugan's patient. Damn it to hell, Olivia. I've already been written up three times. I don't need a fourth. And I definitely don't want to mess with you. (sighs) Very well. You take care of her. I've got rounds to make. Olivia? Hmm? Uh, Olivia? What? Oh, oh, Dr. Hugan. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. I saw you speaking with Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant? Oh, he was just inquiring about Miss Tala. Is there a problem with Tala? Well, when she got out of the bath, she... She's acting like she didn't know where she was or what had happened to her. Let me see your chart. I think it's just some temporary hysterical amnesia. Still, call the main desk attendant at the correctional facility and have someone bring Tala's correction order to me. I want to see Jessica's notes on the correction. Yes, sir. Hello, correctional main desk. Roberts here. Mr. Roberts? Dr. Hugan would like to see the TM's notes for the correction of Ms. Tala Lotherman. Uh, when did the correction take place? Just a moment. Doctor, he's asking when her correction began. Tell him it was a 24-hours correction that ended just a short time ago. It was a 24-hour correction that ended just a short time ago, Mr. Roberts. Uh, okay. 
Okay, here it is. Uh, someone will be up with a copy right away, ma'am. Thank you. The report will be here shortly, Doctor. Keep Tala warm and quiet. I also want her checked on about every 20 minutes for the first hour. Let's make sure she's not having any problems with her breathing. Uh, and if, if Dr. Grant offers his services, decline them. And if he gives you any guff, call me and I'll deal with him. Yes, Doctor. Though Dr. Hugen's orders were to check Tala every 20 minutes for the first hour, three hours later Olivia was still checking on her. Having watched Tala grow up literally from the day of her birth, Olivia felt an extra measure of protection toward her. Now, when she saw she was awake and smiling, Olivia's heart and mind both felt immediately lighter. That was until her eyes followed the direction Tala was looking. <laughs> <laughs> Tala! What? What are you looking at? Oh, Dr. Grant. What's gotten into you? I... Uh, what do you mean? You just lay quietly. I'm going to page Dr. Hewitt. Tala, don't get out of this bed. And do not move this curtain for any reason. Yes, ma'am. How are you feeling? I'm a little sore, but... This is Miss Robinson. You know... Dr. Hugen to room 1259 at once. It's better than... Dr. Hugen, report to recovery ward in the bathing area at once. Is there a problem here, Dr. Grant? Olivia! Unless you want to wind up in traction for the next week, Dr. Grant, you'll get yourself back in that office and keep as much distance between you and this particular bed as possible while Miss Lotherman occupies it. Stay away from Tala, Edward. You don't know enough about her to know what you're letting yourself in for. that I've interrupted a makeup session. Perhaps I should come back in, say, 15 minutes? Uh, I... That uh, won't I, be necessary, sir. Mr. Conroy's abrupt actions will not occur again if I have anything to do with it. If it's acceptable to you, sir, I could get dressed in something more appropriate and cook breakfast for us all. Very well. Shower and dress. Then prepare breakfast. Excuse me, sir. You've slept half-naked with him all night, Siren, and you were in his arms a few moments ago. What's there to be shy about? Unless he's totally blind, Mr. Conroy looked at you at least once. Do you want me to order you to strip right here and then go shower? No, sir. Then move! Move! 
Yes, sir. You've demonstrated remarkable restraint, Mr. Conroy. Go to your quarters, shower, dress, and report back here in twenty minutes. You will breakfast with us before you and Siren go to work. This time, the door to her office will remain unlocked, and the two of you will work with an attitude of respect towards one another. Is that clear? Perfectly, sir. Don't be late, Mr. Conroy. I won't be late, sir. About six minutes later, Trevor was just opening the door to his quarters when Alan McAllister came out of his place two doors down. The slack-jawed stare his best friend gave him as he trailed Trevor into his quarters and closed the door was exactly what Trevor expected from him. Trevor? What the hell? Hey, pal, put on a pot of coffee, would you? I've got a shower and change, and i got to get back in about ten minutes. Sitting down on one of the two chairs in the living room, he looked up just as Trevor came into the room, a damp towel wrapped around his hips. Alan's mouth dropped open at the sight of the whip welts not hidden by the towel. Damn! Trevor! Man, what the hell happened to you? What did I miss? Ah, Xavier. Make it a damn short inquisition, pal. I I've now got about seven minutes to dress and get back. Back where? Oh, in that case, talk fast. What, who, when, blah, 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 blah. In other words, what happened? All right. After you left, Siren had a diabetic seizure, which brought Dr. Hugan rushing in to rescue her. After that, I caught it from both Hugan and Lothus. And then Lothus sends me to correction. Uh, anyway, after seven hours in correction, with Mara wielding the whip, she paraded me through the halls to Siren's quarters. What? Oh, you heard me. So let's just say that last night was one I don't care to repeat again for as long as I live. <laughs> Buddy... You majorly screwed the pooch, didn't you? <clears throat> Last night? Hmm. Was she that bad? <laughs> hey, okay, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Alan, eat dirt, then go to work. I better get a move on. Lock the door on your way out, pal. You have been listening to Quantum Retribution, episode 110, Three Degrees of Intent. Featured in this episode were David Alt as Lothus and the announcer, Rich Matheson as Xavier and Vaughn Ricard, Jean Hilde Fulgen as Ina and Johanna Royden, Steve Anderson as Thames, A.J. Clarkson as Shannon Vanderprice, Elise Kryak as Olivia Robinson, Joel Nisbet as Desk Attendant Roberts, Chris Stoddard as Dr. Edward Grant, James Lieber as JC, Darren Marler as Alan McAllister, Tanya Milovich as Nurse Josie Tanner, MJ Cogburn as Siren and Tala Lovelin, Shane Harris as Trevor Conroy, and yours truly as Peter Hugan. Quantum Retribution is written and produced by MJ Cogburn and C.E. Krawiak. Our artist is James Lieber. Theme music can be downloaded at sounddogs.com. 
Other music was performed by Kevin McLeod and Kai Hartwig. This is Seth Adamshire. This has been a Darker Projects production. Thank you for listening. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com.